the Now That We're a Family podcast. And we're back with another episode. Today, Katie and I are pretty excited to talk about the subject matter because uh, we've been talking about different things that we think could really kill marriages and things that are like joy killers in marriage and potentially happiness killers in marriage. And for the most part, we don't want those in our marriage, do we? Well, I'd say we just don't want them at all. Yeah, not just for the most part, for the all part. We don't want them in our marriage. And uh, so today we're going to be talking about that. Folks, we are so blessed by the ratings and the reviews that we've seen over on iTunes. I wanted to make sure I thanked all of you for making such an effort to go over there and to encourage us with your words um, or to encourage us by leaving a five-star rating. Uh, that, That means so much to Katie and I. It really is a huge blessing to us. And uh, yeah, it feels far less like a one-way conversation, like a when we get to go over there and see the takeaways that you have from this podcast, and if it's been of encouragement to you. So thank you so much for doing that. Yeah, that means so so much, Elisha. I'm glad that you mentioned that because I was just laying in bed this afternoon taking a nap, <laughs> and I was thinking of that. I was like, you know, what's kind of incredible is the kind words that people have shared. So thank mm. you so much. Yes, uh, Katie doesn't. Katie rarely takes naps, but. Today, Sunday, we've, we transitioned to recording the podcast on Sunday evenings, and Sunday afternoon naps are one of our favorite rituals that we're pretty consistent in. Yeah, they and are so nice. I don't, I don't mind keeping that one around for a long time. Yeah, all the kids go down, and we go to sleep. And yeah, and today actually felt like our first, you know, kind of normal Sunday for like six weeks because... We had been traveling and then we got sick and so we didn't go to church for a really long time between travel and then being sick. And so today was our first day going going to church, first day in a long time going to church. And that was like such a profound blessing, being together with the saints, worshiping God, hearing from the word, you know, partaking in the sacraments, just the things that the things that you do as Christians. And it was so encouraging. It's crazy how it really just like got my head back to, I don't know, like feeling like a Christian again almost. You know, it's like thinking like a Christian again. And uh, and so I'm so excited that we have that opportunity to, you know, fellowship in a healthy church and to now be physically healthy so that we can fellowship with people in person again. Yeah, I didn't realize what a big difference it was versus Mm. just watching it online. Actually, like being there in the room and hearing everyone sing, Mm. it was just so, so encouraging. So our hearts were really filled today. And it's funny because we are listening to a couple marriage podcasts and that always spawns good conversation between us, I feel like. Anytime Elisha reads a new book or I listen to something new or whatever, it's like, oh, you know, a new conversation. And so we got on this on this topic of marriage killers and things that are just like really unhealthy for marriages. And so we're going to do this podcast. And I, uh, as Elisha was setting up out here, I was like, I'm going to write down a few more that I, that come to mind. A few more points. A few more points. Yeah. yeah. Cause there was this main one we really wanted to talk about. Mm. And I told him just a few minutes ago, I was like, I have eight points. <laughs> He's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because I, I, I kind of spearheaded this episode. I, re- yeah, I wanted really wanted to, to do it. it. We, we talked about it a few nights ago. And I was like, I really want to do an episode on that. 
And then you, here you are, basically, like coming up with all of the content for the episode. No, I don't think I'll have all the content. But I am excited that you came up with eight different marriage killers. Got to be on the lookout. Well, I think so many things can kill a marriage. So once I started going, I was like, oh, there's a lot of stuff here. But I'm, I'm excited to hear your two points because I think that those are the two that I care the most about <laughs> that we really want to flesh out. But I think it's good to add you know, at just various points in marriage to think, okay, kind of revisit, like what are things maybe we're doing inadvertently that are tearing down our marriage? Mm. And maybe they just came, they were like natural ruts that we fell into right away. So they feel very natural for Mm. our marriage, but like, is this going to show up in 20 years and be harmful, you know? So to actually be intentional and evaluate all these little things I think is really helpful for any marriage and something that I want to continue to do over and over. Yeah. It's really scary to think about some things that you've just brought into your marriage without second guessing it, without questioning whether or not it's feeding your marriage in a healthy way, or if it's tearing it apart. Um, because those are the, it's like, those are the silent killers. They just, they come into your marriage and you, and you kind of structure your life around them and you treat it as normal and they could just be disrupting everything that God's trying to do in your marriage and like, you know, corroding like at the, at the very heart of your marriage, uh, uh, potential intimacy or just oneness or joy or happiness. Um, so it's, it's always hard when you can't see, you know, your blind spots are your blind spots in so yeah. many things that we just grew up with or that you just assumed because it seems like every other Christian is doing it. It's sometimes it's hard when when you have to evaluate those things because you've kind of formed comfort zones around them. But it's kind of cool when with things like marriage and like our faith, it's like everything's on the table. You're like these things are so valuable to us, so important. We are we, we want to be willing to prune what needs what what needs pruning. And I'm so grateful. Like you signed us up for a weekend to remember next weekend. Yes, it's so we're like going to be doing weeks. a marriage retreat and. I'm just excited. It's always bittersweet going into these things because I know we're going to be doing work on our marriage. And it always takes a lot of emotional, um, emotional. Yeah, like energy. Emotion, yeah. yeah. Um, It always takes a lot of emotion and energy and stuff gets stirred up where you thought, oh, we're good, you know, but the water gets turned a little bit. And it's good, though, because it just brings stuff to the surface that Elisha and I were cool living life with. But every Mm. time we go to one of these events and really focus on our marriage, we get to new depths yes. in our marriage. And I'm just so grateful for you signing us up for that. Uh, like you said, it's, it's it's a bittersweet. I was reluctant to sign us up because it's, I like our marriage right now. It's like, wow, well, we're in a good spot. Yeah. I don't know if I want to go like really start working on it and trying to find things that we could improve upon. But I really want to view marriage as being something that we want to perform preventative maintenance on. And just like with our bodies, we want to be thinking 10 and 20 and 30 years down the road and Mm -hmm. what we choose to eat and how we choose to exercise. And I think that there are so many things in our marriage that maybe we can live with today. And we're like, nah, you know, it's probably fine. But I really want to think long term and be proactive and and, uh, yeah, pouring into our marriage in a way that's going to sustain it and, and keep it vibrant for not just this year, but for decades to come. Okay, so I want to hear about 
one of your points. Well, mine's not much of a point. It was just kind of a concept. I think that's why I was a little bit confused, honestly, with this episode because I thought we were <laughs> going to like have an episode around this concept. Okay, well, but we can't it, do that. We can't no. just like because... Are you kidding me? You said you have eight points. I want to hear them. <laughs> and I'm just going to kind of say this quickly, but I do think a lot of times when I hear the language around uh, people, especially in the Christian faith, because really when we're listening to marriage podcasts or reading marriage books, they're usually in the context of Christian marriages. It's very rare that I'll go outside of the Christian space for things pertaining yeah, to it, marriage. Just it's weird. Yeah. So so in general, when I hear Christians speaking to marriage and, and I'm learning great things and I'm picking up tips, it's almost like they have to have this constant disclaimer of like, but it's hard. It's It's really hard. And you know, my spouse and I, you know, it hasn't been that easy. In fact, we've been through a lot of hardships. We sometimes we've even wondered if we married the wrong person, or sometimes I've even wondered if I was supposed to remain single my whole life. And I've, I've heard like a, different combinations of those types of things really kind of like fleshed out from numerous um, high profile marriage people. And I, I, and it's not even a bash on these marriage people because, like I said, Katie and I receive you know, I guess instruction from them and counsel from them on, on a consistent basis. And we're grateful for them. But something that I have found is that words matter and the way you Mm -hmm. speak to your marriage, speak to your partner about your marriage and the way you speak to yourself about your marriage, I think really affects your marriage and it affects it in practicality and in reality. And, and so it's funny because even something that I said the other night, I don't think I had said you know, for a really long time, maybe I'd said it earlier, but I was like, you know, it's crazy that when we were newlyweds, I thought that I, I was never going to really felt emotionally understood by you. I felt, you know, cause I felt like there was this disconnect between Katie and I there early on in our marriage where I wasn't going to have much of a friendship with Katie. It's like, I knew I respected her. I admired her. I had a lot of romantic feelings towards her, but I, I just didn't think there was going to be a friendship there, but we didn't, I guess, fall into this um, victim mindset of like, this just is what it is. We really spoke life to that area. And I can say like, without any type of, you know, insincerity that Katie's my best friend. And I never would have, I I really didn't see that happening in that first year of our marriage, Mm -hmm. but I think we spoke life into our marriage and we wanted to work on this area. And I'm saying that to say that I think what words, words do matter. And so if you wake up every day and you're, and you say, Marriage is hard, but I'm going to be faithful to my spouse. Marriage is hard, but it's worth the fight. Marriage is hard, but, you know, I want to honor God in the way I, I treat my spouse. Obviously, you marriage is worth doing all those things. God puts it on such a high level so that regardless of whether or not it's hard, that it's honoring to be faithful. It's honoring to see it through. But I think sometimes you just kind of, it's like accepting this thing that doesn't need to be accepted when you say marriage is hard, but I'm going to pick up my cross or marriage is hard, but I'm going to die to myself. And it's like, well, no, like all those things are great things to do, but it doesn't have to be in the context of your, your marriage in general. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah. And I think obviously if someone's teaching from the pulpit, like, um, about marriage or something, it's encouraging. We connect with each other's, um, hard stories. I should say, you know, like if someone's saying, okay, we went through this struggle in our marriage, it's relatable. It's something that other people can connect with. Be like, okay, we aren't alone in this struggle. Yeah. So that's not necessarily what no. our issue was or what the I guess the red flag that kind of went off in our minds when we were hearing a specific couple just repeat over and over, just 
it's basically they had accepted as this fact that their marriage is just a hard marriage. Mm -hmm. And they just both agree to that. They aren't compatible and they agree to that. They don't have a lot in common and they, you know, these are just, they're making these big final statements. Big final statements is like, this is who we are, but we still do our marriage because obviously we want to honor and glorify God. And it's a covenant. And I think that's beautiful that they believe in the core covenant of marriage. Mm. Uh, but what? Well, I do think a lot of, and, and I'm all for this thinking you married the wrong person is not grounds for you know, ending a marriage or just or being unfaithful in your marriage or thinking that you don't connect. So when people say, hey, we've got a hard marriage or we don't connect as a couple or we maybe married the wrong person, but we're being faithful, I think they're trying to eliminate maybe a lot of excuses yeah. culture will give us and saying, well, then that's not going to get out of that marriage. You know, if, you, if you're not connecting or if you don't feel fulfilled or if you're not being, feel like you're getting built up and who you're called to be, then get out of that marriage. And so they're, they're trying to, I think, silence those lies and say, no, marriage is worth it on every level, regardless of what your reason is. But I don't think you should just leave it at that. Yeah. And, and I think it's interesting because the way Elisha and I speak about our marriage is just, I think a lot of people assume we have a very easy marriage or like, oh, they clearly married the right people because Mm. they like each other a lot or they just are romantically attracted to each other. So of course they have loving things to say about each other Mm. or, you know, these assumptions. And I think that we can make that, uh, those assumptions of other marriages instead of being like, really what we're choosing to focus on in our marriage does grow. And if we're Mm. choosing to focus on what we love about our spouse, because obviously we love something about them when we got married. Right. So if we're, if we choose to speak life into our marriage and focus on the things that are good and lovely and virtuous and just having that full Philippians four focus instead of stopping at, Oh, well, it's true. You know, it's true. We don't connect on this or it's true. You know, we're opposite in this area and we just rub each other raw. You know, the life that we choose to speak into our marriage can really grow and we can both change as people and we can become compatible Hmm. in terms of like just, um, I know that the whole compatibility thing can kind of be a lie because I feel like any person can marry. Once you're like in covenant before God, those two people can continue to change and become compatible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, like by the, by the standard of Mm -hmm. that word, I guess that's a whole nother topic, but I just think you can grow in having, uh, lots of things in common and, Um, things that you both appreciate and and all these different things. And so we just really want to make sure, I guess, that we're speaking what we want to be true of our marriage, speaking as if it's already true of our marriage, Mm -hmm. instead of putting ourselves in these limited boxes of we're never going to connect here. We're never going to get along in this area. We're always going to rub each other wrong here. Mm -hmm. And communicating that to other people and to each other is just like, well, that's a fact so how do we make it work with yes. that being a fact that's right <laughs> you know yeah because what should be a given is regardless of whether or not we grow in that area faithfulness and sustain going on the marriage that's a given for we're going to stay faithful in our marriage and we're going to run see it through its course but we want to speak to things like oh we don't connect on a friendship level well oh well you know at least we respect each other at least we it's like no 
like, I want you to be my best friend. We're going to work towards being best friends and sharing a more type of fun com- camaraderie in life than maybe what is currently there. And we spoke that, I think, to being something that we get to experience now. And it wasn't like we spoke it into existence. Yeah, we aren't talking like manifestation, like anything. But well, I think I think you said it well, Katie, and that is that when you choose to focus on uh, the things that you do appreciate or love or respect or admire about your spouse, it's crazy how that really starts to grow. Not just that characteristic in your spouse, but that feeling that you have towards them in all the areas of their life really starts to grow. Yeah, and you could just see how people change when they get married in a positive or a negative way based on what their spouse believes about them and how mm. their spouse treats them. Mm. And I've seen, you know, women get married and they just flourish. You know, you just thought, oh, they're just this, they're kind of shy and quiet and insecure and whatever. And then they get married and they're just these like confident, beautiful, loving women. Mm. And You've also, I've also seen it the other way, you know, where someone gets married and they used to be so fun loving and then they get bitter and quiet and resentful. Mm. And I think this happens with men too, but it can really just, it matters what we believe and what we, yeah, what um, we hear our spouse saying about our marriage. Cause I, I can see it, you know, if you're up on stage or if you're writing a book and you, and you go backstage and you're going to say like, Hey, let's go out and share about this really hard struggle we went through, you're on the same page and you know what the purpose is. You're trying to encourage couples that are maybe going through a struggle or a hardship. But if you're speaking that way in your home all the time, then I think me as a husband really starts to believe like, oh, Katie just thinks our marriage is hard. Okay, well, Katie just thinks that, you know, she has to, you know, overlook a lot of my shortcomings on a regular basis. That's going to change the way I act in our home. It's going to change the conf- you know, my confidence level in, in our marriage and, and, um, and in myself for sure. And so the speaking those things, not just in private, you know, agreeing on what you're going to sh- share about your marriage publicly is one thing. Um, but then speaking to one another and speaking, like you said, even publicly speaking life into your marriage, I think is crucial. Yeah. I think, I I was like trying to boil this down a little bit as we were talking. And I think it's like, if there's something negative in our marriage, Elisha and I don't treat it. And I, and I pray that we continue to do this as this is an unchangeable, Mm -hmm. I guess. That's right. It's just like everything in a marriage, we, people change, relationships change. We can learn and grow out of this. Mm -hmm. And how are we going to do that? I guess we don't want to ever accept something negative in our marriage. We want to be like, okay, this is how it is today. But but that's not just us. That's not Katie and Elisha. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Because we don't want to ignore the presence of there being something negative in our marriage. Yeah. But we don't want to act like it's going to be there forever. And it just is what it is. And we are going to therefore be you know, victims to it for the rest of our lives. Um, and so we want to acknowledge it, but then be problem solvers as we approach it. Yeah. Not just accept it. Hold on real quick. Your computer's like in your lap, so I can't see where we're at time wise. Oh, okay. There I don't go. mind Put if right you there. keep it there. But, okay. Do you want to just kind of, do you well, want to go? No, I want to hear these? your points. I oh want to hear your goodness. points. I do want to say, because I am so grateful for the marriage ministries that are vulnerable with their marriages and that are willing to share those things. And so I, I think that's there's not what we're talking, that's not about. what we're talking about. And so yeah. I want to make sure that people don't think I'm like tearing down marriage ministries. I, I love them. 
Oh, no, I'm and people's people's struggles, people's hurts. I mean, we want to be vulnerable with you guys on this podcast too, with where we're at. Um, not in real time <laughs> as much as yeah. like, I mean, we have been honestly, but that's not always the best. So it's, it's not mentioning your struggles. It's, it's talking about your marriage as if some things are just unchangeable. Yeah. I, I love one of our, uh, yeah, one of our pastors in Bend, Oregon would always say, just because it's common doesn't mean it's normal. And he was saying just because it's, um, or yeah, I was just saying, in other words, I'll, I can't you. <laughs> <laughs> so he would say, he would basically oh, say like, Lord. oh, I'm going to pray that you guys have a normal marriage. And people would be like, well, what? A normal marriage? And he goes, yeah, like according to God, according to what God says is normal. Because according to God, what's normal is that a man and a woman are faithful to one another. They love one another. They've got a vibrant, romantic, fun, fruitful marriage. That's what God created marriage for. That's how he created. That's a normal marriage mm-hmm. according to God's uh, plan for marriage, but that's not common. It's not common in our culture. It's not common in the world. And, and I think that oftentimes we can look at what's common and say, oh, that is. So marriage is hard. Mm-hmm. Marriage is hurtful. Marriage is just so much work. Marriage is a challenge. Marriage, whatever. And I say, well, those are all common things, but actually the way God created marriage to be is fulfilling and it's loving. And when you believe that, then you want to start seeking out those attributes of marriage because you think, well, this exists out there. This is what marriage was created for. I want to start mining for those treasures in marriage. That's so good. Yeah, like if I'm not feeling fulfilled or if it's not feeling um, pleasurable or if it's not a blessing to me, then I want to start bringing that to pass. Yeah. Um, uh, We know this is so much easier said than done, you guys, too. I want you all to know that if you are in a really hard marriage um like just like the lord's there in the middle of it and we've gone through really hard seasons where we've been like you know looking at each other like feeling totally disconnected totally detached yeah hurt and and hurt and you just don't think you're ever gonna get past that barrier and i can't imagine uh that going on for months or years Mm. or all those things Mm. uh or sins being so big, they're hard to, I mean, you can't forget them. So you have to just live with it and move past it. And, uh, anyway, so we don't want to belittle Mm-mm. any of the struggle in marriage. Mm. Um, and it is worth, worth the work. Yes. Or worth That's the effort. Right. Okay. I just feel like so funny going through this list now at like 22 minutes. Go Jump into it. Okay. All right. I think one thing that came to mind was, uh, stopping being friends. That's a marriage killer. I think that's a marriage killer. Um, I was listening. Oh my goodness. Okay. I'm going to put their podcast in the show notes because I just found this marriage and I think they're really encouraging, but they said friendship got you to the place where you wanted to marry each other. If you want to stay married, then keep that friendship with your spouse. Hmm. And I just thought that's really good. Yeah. You know, that's, you don't want to, I mean, we know this in business. You don't want to stop doing what got you to where you are. Hmm. And so, just, just a good thing That's so to good. keep being friends. I love and it. I think like that unconditional love is powerful. That's what we talked about with the whole, uh, you know, commitment and, and, oh, covenant, yes. you know, with God. Yep. But like is what makes marriage fun hmm. when you like each other. Yeah. And I think, you know, cause yeah. you can have unconditional love with someone that's just like, and marriage is just a burden. Yep. You know, if you really like someone, that's where, where it's fun. Okay, uh, replaying a spouse's wrongs or faults in thought. Hmm. 
It, so just in your brain, in your thought. You're yeah. Like, you're not saying it out yeah. loud. Wow. Because we just have, we're, we have the incredible privilege of being able to see our spouse through a magnifying glass. Mm. And I think what we think about them, what we choose to think about them, really impacts our marriage. Yes. Again, you talked about Philippians 4. Is it... Um, yeah, Philippians chapter four, verses, what is it, eight. six through eight, or is it just eight? Yeah, that whatsoever things are true and lovely and of good report, if there be any praise, if there be any virtue, um, maybe think there's one more things. things. Think on these things. Uh, and, you know, and, and the Bible speaks time and time again, be transformed by the renewing of your mind and set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth. Uh, you know, we have, we get to choose what we what we think about. We get to choose what we dwell on. And like you said, it can be so damaging if you choose to let the negative things that your spouse has said or done um, run through your brain on a regular basis. That's just going to tear down any type of friendship or intimacy um, or joy in your marriage. You get to choose. Yeah. And just even how we were saying earlier, like what you focus on, you just start seeing things that will confirm that Hmm. belief system or confirm that point of view that you have. I feel like we see this a lot in politics. (laughs) You know, we were just talking about this, how like once you see something a certain way, you see every single thing through that lens. And you'll have two people that started out with views not that different from each other. And at the end of like a few months of seeing headlines that you see through that specific lens, you just think that other person is from Mars. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's crazy. And then it becomes obviously really dangerous. I think that when we think all these things, it's really easy for that to come out and for us to weaponize Hmm. those, um, knowing those intimate details of our spouse. Oh, yeah. And that's just It's such a jerk move, and I've done this in our marriage, which is terrible. But you just, like, start, you know, you start saving up and storing away, like, your little... Like it's like you're in, you're going to court and you're like I'm gonna bring this case against my spouse of all these wrongdoings. You're just like saving up for when you're gonna yeah all this ammo word and you're just gonna drop the bomb and that's so damaging to just like save up. It's not it's not the, the, addressing being wrong is one thing. Saying like hey you know when you said this thing it hurt my feelings or I felt disrespected. But when you're saving things up and you're running them through your brain over and over again and you're going to use them to really like drive home your point <laughs> and just put your heel, you know, in between their shoulder blades and drive them into the ground with it, that's really sinful and it's mm-hmm. really damaging to a marriage. Um, and, yeah. and yeah, like I said, I've, I've totally done that. Yeah. yeah, I definitely have too. So that's, that's not good. Okay, uh, speaking without kindness, I think it's really easy to develop to develop the familiarity in marriage. And Mm. I think that that can be a marriage killer when we no longer have this like Like filter. Yeah. Filter because like we believe in the unconditional aspect of marriage and it's like, Elisha's going to love me no matter how I speak to him. And so instead of speaking graciously, I'll just snap out the same thing that I could have said in a much more kind way. Wow. And I do this when I like, will ignore things that you say. It is funny how like you see the things come out because I feel like you, if, if we're being honest, you get a little bit more like snappy and on edge. Yeah. And if my default is just kind of like acting like you didn't say something. And I, it's probably like a guy girl thing. I don't know. I feel like that's very stereotypical. Maybe stereotypically. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Yeah, stereotypical thing. Um, but it's like, I would have never done that when we were dating. 
or when we were engaged and I, and I had this filter of being highly in tune to how I was coming across to you. I think you actually <laughs> would have, and I would have misunderstood it. I was like, oh, I don't think you heard me. Yeah. <laughs> Where now I'm like, you're ignoring me. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So just keeping that. And I think this like familiarity, that can be the same thing with how we dress, how we speak, how we act, mm. all those things. Instead of like still, you know, wanting to impress and still wanting to be kind and loving and, and win them over instead of just being like, well, we're in a covenant before God, so yeah. live with it, you know? Yeah, I've got B.O. to deal with it. It's like, <laughs> no, take a shower, put some deodorant on. Yeah, because, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, um, my fourth thing that I wrote down was stopping the pursuit and stopping responding. Hmm. What do you mean by that? Well, you still pursue me. Yeah, I think the pursuit's a little bit more straightforward. But... And I think the response is just as important because, again... I will listening to a lot of marriage podcasts. And uh, this one guy was saying he just got burnt out of doing stuff because his wife wasn't responding. Hmm. It was kind of like, okay, you bring me flowers. Great. Thanks. Or you book a date night. You're supposed to book a date night. Hmm. Or, you know, just kind of having expectations, I guess, for hmm. the pursuit. Like you're supposed to make me feel loved and feminine and beautiful and things like that. Instead of like, oh, I'm going to light up or I'm mm. going to um, flirt or I'm going to thank him or write him a card mm. or like it's this like th this positive cycle. I think either spouse can push the like momentum wheel a little bit by mm. giving a little bit of pursuit. And if the other person doesn't respond, it's very discouraging mm. to continue pushing that wheel. Yeah. And, and on the flip side, you know, if you make an extra effort to have like my favorite song playing when I come home, you know, mm -hmm. or the candles lit, things that, you know, I really appreciate that are kind of above and beyond and I don't acknowledge it and I yeah. don't praise you for it and I don't show gratitude, then it really is, can kind of be a momentum killer. Yeah. Like what you said, or if you make an effort to, you know, get a really pretty dress on, I just, you yeah, know. Yeah. If you don't say like, oh, wow, you look beautiful. Yeah. I'm what? Less motivated. Yeah. It's like <laughs> last time I'm wearing a dress for you. Yeah. <laughs> and like you see people, I respect people so much who do the one-sided pursuit for mm. so long and win their spouse over. Yeah. I think that's what we're called to in Christ is yeah. that unconditional pursuit. Yeah. But again, going back to the whole like thing, it's, it oh. is a killer if you aren't responding. It's not very fun. Yeah. yeah. It is yeah. not fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just keeping that going. Uh, speaking ill of each other to others. I feel like that's kind of an obvious one. Speaking, say it one more time. Speaking ill of each other to others. Oh, yes. I mean, that goes without saying, but this is also really uncommon when you don't, like if you go to like a girl's Bible study or a girl's group and they're like bashing their husbands, like that acting like, oh yeah, yeah, he's my fifth kid or whatever. Or, sure. you know, just acting like they're these little children you have to babysit and take care of. And, oh, it's so exhausting. They always want sex. And, you know, just like... Yeah, the tone. Not, yeah, the, the tone and the just demeaning, attitude, yeah. like, oh, we're going to get together and complain. And I think that happens in guys groups 100%, too. hundred percent, yeah. It's kind of like, oh, got the old ball and chain back at home, you know, like, oh, she's nagging, got all the honey-do lists and... Whatever. I don't know what the things guys say because I never partake, you know, and I don't say any of them. I no. do trust you. you know, I do trust well, you. Well, what's speak crazy well is, I, as I do think that I really failed in, in our first year of marriage, 
when, when I would go with the guys or I would, I would let myself say things where I'm like, I don't even believe that, but you just kind of join in, in the conversation. I can remember clearly sometimes driving home to see and being like, why did I say that? You know, like Katie's not naggy or, you know, she's not psychotic. Why did I say she was psychotic? No, I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) That one might've been more true. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Okay. I've got three more and then I want to hear your last one. Okay. You said you would too. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Probably just said that to beef up your list. <laughs> okay. Um, isolation. I mm. think that the devil really wants to isolate us as believers, as spouses, and he can do that with mm. sin. He can do that with um, all kinds of things, mm. I think. And I love the concept of the principle of sharing that Audrey and Jeremy Roloff shared on their podcast. They got it from somewhere, someone else, but it's this concept of shared interests where like, if Elisha likes hunting, there must be something to like about hunting. Hmm. And so it's worth trying to find what's likable about it, Hmm. you know? So like, or if I like reading a certain kind of book or whatever, that means that there is something to like about that book. So even if that's not like Elisha's go-to to to talk about that, trying to find, okay, what does she find interesting about this? Mm. Or what is intriguing about it or worth liking about it? And I think that's a fun way to, if you don't have personal interests right off the bat that align, to be like, okay, well, how can I engage in something that my spouse really likes or enjoys. Mm, Yeah. I think that togetherness and doing stuff as a couple is something that I want to continually revisit in our marriage. Because even as you're saying this, I think that we've let some unhealthy habits creep into our life and we've just let them be normal. You know, where we spend a lot of time with, I think Katie and I spend more time with each other than the average couple between like 9 a.m. and 5 Mm p.m. Because I work from home a lot. So I'm popping up from my office and asking her questions. I I eat lunch with the family a lot of times. And I just get to spend a lot of time with you. But I feel like that's almost given us or given me maybe sometimes license to after the kids go to bed, just to kind of like go do my thing. I go down and I play music or I listen to music or I try to, or I read or we, and this isn't, we don't do this all the time, but we do it far more now than we did in our early marriage. I think. Yeah, because in our early marriage, I was like so lonely <laughs> because you were at work all the time. Yes. And so I was different. just yes. like, where are you? And now I have the kids to keep me company yeah. and it's just different. Again, I feel like it's we're spending a lot of time with each other. Time. Yeah. And I, I think we, we have been spending a lot of alone time with each other, but I could see a lot of the habits that we're forming now being carried on even into seasons where maybe I'm working a lot more, you know, away from home and I'm not seeing you. And then we're used to having, you know, I don't know. It's just something I think yeah. that we constantly need to be evaluating. Yeah. And I do think it is really important to have, it's kind of like along the whole concept of the whole friend thing having things to do together that are fun that Mm. we both enjoy doing. And if both of us came into marriage with different things that we enjoy, then finding new things. Mm -hmm. It's not like we've tried all the things in the world and we have, you know, I have my three hobbies and Elisha has his three hobbies. Like there's so many different things. There's a lot of things to get into. And so if we don't have, if we're going through a season where we don't have any shared interests, we can get new ones. Yeah, that's right. You know, but I do think that's really important. Mm. Just like when our kids are gone, we we want to have, you know, fun things to do yes. and these things to connect on. And this is something 
I'm talking so much on this episode. Well, you had eight points and I only <laughs> had one. So it makes sense. I like what you're sharing. <laughs> but I was thinking, I think this is so important to do getaways without kids, hmm. even if it's overnight, because I think some newly like kids are a security blanket. They can mm. become a security blanket and they're joyful and wonderful and a blessing. And we want to be there for them. And obviously it's so important that we have them with people that, you know, we trust to take care of them, but going years without getting away with your spouse is so dangerous because we don't know how much we're clinging to those security blankets. Like yeah. when the baby's not there needing us in nursing and like, do we, want to hang out with our husband for hours on end or are we going to be bored out of our mind yeah or yeah when you go on date night and you just talk about the kids the entire time because it's important stuff to talk about you know child training or the hardships that you're having with the parenting um yeah there's there's it's funny because i i think for the most part we've had a really friend we've had a great friendship throughout marriage yeah but i feel feel like there have been times that i can't put my finger on it where we've like gone on a date and it's like what do we talk about yeah, totally. Like, what are what's interesting? Like, should we just talk about our budget again? Like, that always puts us in a good mood. No, like, I don't. Yeah. Elijah, I think I brought up a budget like three times in our marriage, and I know never to do it again. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No, but I think this kind of comes back to that whole shared interest thing, because you and I do a lot of things together and have a lot of shared interests. So I feel like we have a lot of different things to dream about and talk out mm-hmm. when we're... Yeah. Yeah. And I'm grateful for that. Okay. Two more. Um, stop touching. I think that is something that kills marriages Mm. touching in just like a fun way as you go throughout the day Mm. or evening or morning or whatever, you know, just kissing or Elisha, you never walk past me without like, you know, grabbing me or putting, okay, (laughs) hold on now. Just general, general, <laughs> generalities here. Or like, you know, you'll just like, like if you're sitting on the couch and I'm walking past to go to the bathroom, I'll like run my hand along your back mm-hmm. or like, you know, you'll squeeze my hand or we just, I feel like we have a lot of like passing touches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just uh, like, like non-sexual passing touches. That's what you think. Oh my goodness. Would you really qualify those as non-sexual passing touches a lot of them (laughs) wow okay okay elisha you know what i'm talking about like holding hands in the car uh holding hands when we go to sleep yeah you know just things that are just like i acknowledge you here and i like you and yes yes okay we have a lot of the other kind too but that's not what i'm referring to here yeah okay and i'm tracking with you no i appreciate that too i love holding your hand like when we're driving in the car um and I do like, I love like rubbing your shoulders. If I, if like you, whatever, I come home or I come and I, I see you, you know, I come, I don't know. Yeah. I like seeing, I like seeing you. I don't, <laughs> I don't think I don't. aware of how much you do this, but I think it's really sweet. And I think it's something that our kids are watching and you know, people who say, Oh, well, PDA is just like not our marriage style. And, and I'm not saying like, <clears throat> that's a great thing or whatever to like make out with your husband in public. If that's not your thing. Well, we don't do that. Very often. <laughs> Very often. Not like crazy, but, you know, give them a long kiss in public or something like that. Um, but I feel like it's really healthy for kids to see that. and Because they're seeing a healthy... Our kids, like, like your kids. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Am I not communicating this very well? Yes. I don't know. I'm like, just kind of black. Once you started talking about touching, I honestly checked out. So I think I, I really appreciate it, I should say. Seeing my 
um, dad and mom kiss and hold hands and flirt with little touches throughout the day. Um, it gave me a lot of security as a kid being like, they like each other, they yeah. love each other. And it also made marriage look very fun and sweet. And it still brings me so much joy to, you know, go to Elisha's family's house. Mm -hmm. And if Joe and Lisa are in the room, you know, she'll come sit next to him on the couch and scratch his back or hold rubber legs. And yeah, it's just they're, like really they're very sweet. snuggly and they have been my whole life. And that was extremely It was, it felt very securing. Yeah. It was a very secure element to like my childhood yeah. to see that they really enjoyed each other. And yeah. And I think all those touches throughout the day do lead to it being a very short distance from, um, A to B when it comes to uh, like a sex life, you know? Yeah, you're, I do you're know. You're warmed up. It's not like, who are you, stranger? Yeah. Okay, the last thing would be just just plain being lazy. I yeah. think it's easy That's to just be like, you know what? Got a ring on his finger. He's got a ring on mine. Yeah. And now we are going to go about our other businesses and or business and we're just too tired and busy to put effort into our marriage. And I think that is a huge marriage. It's a killer. killer. I've felt that before. Like, I don't know if you have, you probably know when I've felt it. It's probably those times where I just like act like I don't hear you, you know, where it's like. <laughs> I can't be a lot of it's, work. No, we, we've loved our marriage in general, but there definitely have, I can remember and think of times where whatever, it's a big day or you're not, or you're tired or whatever it is. And you just like bring up something that I don't want to talk about or that is just, it's just not interesting to me. And I'll just be like, oh, man, like how. Can, do I have to be a part of this conversation? <laughs> oh like, can God. I just kind of like take a break from You, you this can say for... that sometimes. Just <laughs> FYI. I've told you that. I'm like, just say, hey, I don't want to talk about it. Instead oh, yeah, of like I know. staring at the wall. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not saying you just have to like endure every annoying thing your spouse does without saying a thing. You can like let your spouse know and you can grow through it. Um, and those things aren't annoying. It's usually me that's in the wrong and I'm just not in a good mood. Mm. Um but if you live into that and you just let it take root, boy, that just does not bode well for your marriage. Yeah. Or I think of things like you still like this year, you've brought me more flowers than like any year, I think, since us being married. And that takes time to you don't just go to grocery stores. So I feel like you doing that always means so much to me or like taking time to write a letter or taking time to like go the extra mile. It takes time and effort. And there always seems to be a lot of other pressing things to do. And so mm. I just appreciate that I don't feel like you take me for granted. Mm. And I don't want to take you for granted. In uh, I don't ever want to do that either. Oh, that was great, Katie. <laughs> that was so good. I loved, loved all those points. What a crazy episode, you guys. No, I'm glad, I'm glad I you brought up all your points. Get on the same page before we turn on three cameras and two mics and I a computer we, that, i felt on the same page with you and all your points well i had fun so me too um and all i know is i just want to be aware of marriage killers because i don't want anything killing our marriage no 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 folks thank you so much we'll talk to you next week see you soon bye bye bye, bye.